my worship was overwhelming. It's just, it's no joke to be in the presence of Almighty God. It's not routine. It's not something that you set aside as a portion of your day. You can only invite and prepare your heart for Him when He invades it. It's just extraordinary. Let's pray. Father, we worship You. We praise You, Lord. I pray, God, that You do Your will through me this morning. I pray for the capacity to speak and not fumble. Because my emotions are heavy in your presence. Not not heavy in sadness, but heavy in the weight of your glory. This is not something I push off. This is something I ask for. I just... Ask that you make my mouth work properly. That you bring forth what you desire to bring forth. We offer ourselves here as ears that can hear. The desire to hear from you. Eyes that desire to see only you. Not tainted by this world. Not tainted by religion. Not tainted by our own fear. Or our own desires. But purely you. Nothing else. I ask this in confidence that you will give it because you have said when we seek you, we'll find you. Search our hearts. Know our hunger for you. Know our hunger for your Son, for your Holy Spirit. Our hunger to see your will be done. All the things that you've said, literally taking this world back. Not for us, but for you. We don't deserve it, but you do. I am humbled. 
in the times in which we find ourselves. And yet I am thankful I'm thankful that you made a way for us to believe and to be part of the greatest awakening, the greatest exodus in the history of mankind. It is about to unfold before our eyes. And not because we are unfolding it, but because you are. There are so many things, Father, that we look at, certainly in life, but even in your word that we look at and we don't understand even in the way that you move, even in what you told me before I walked up here. But understanding is in you. You've promised that. So we seek that understanding. Father, I seek that understanding as you speak this morning. Help us to see what you want us to see. Our eyes can see because of faith. Our ears can hear because of faith. Strengthen and expand our faith. Help us to see as your hand moves. Hear as your voice quakes. We worship you and praise you and love you. In Jesus' name, amen. During that last song, the Lord took me somewhere in the book of Isaiah which I was familiar with, I've read earlier this week. But he said something interesting to me that he wants me to say to you. And that is that this is for this time. Isaiah 43 is about today. It is about the time in which we find ourselves right now. So in order to understand what that means, let's go to Isaiah 43 and let's see what he has to say. One one thing I do want to point out, because perhaps even some online or some that will hear this later will immediately discount what is about to be said because in their minds the Old Testament deals solely with Israel. 
and not with us today except for how it affects Israel. And if that is your posture, you're going to miss 90% of what the Lord has for his bride right now. What he is doing in his bride right now. Don't miss it. Because understand that if you have accepted Jesus Christ as Savior, then you are his children. The Bible talks about the fact that you are his adopted children. What does that mean? What does it mean to be adopted into a family? It brings authority that is represented in that family. If you don't believe me, from a Jewish standpoint, that is absolutely fact. Happened at the beginning. Jacob had 12 sons. You ever wonder why there's actually 13 tribes? You hear 12 tribes of Israel, there are actually 13. That's because two of them carry a half. But in reality, it's because Joseph was guaranteed a double portion. So when he had his father Jacob and he had his two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, he said, I want you to adopt them. That's kind of weird. His sons became his brothers. It's kind of an odd thought, right? But as the Word of God dealt with it, the rest of history after that, They had the same portion as any of the others, and yet they weren't even one of the brothers. That's pretty extraordinary. Because they were adopted in, and that was a very specific ceremony that Jacob did. If you you read it or if you remember, he placed his hands on, on the one in Joseph. Oh, no, no, that wasn't even the right one. No, And he said, no, this is the right one. There was a ceremony where he blessed them, and they were brought in as adopted sons. If you don't believe me, go go read it. So they were given the same portion. They were recognized as the sons, just like the others. I'm telling you, it's the same for those who are adopted into the family of Jesus Christ. Because he came to pay for a sin for the entire world, for his entire creation. And we don't need a history lesson to know that that's true. You see it all throughout the Word of God. It's laid out heavily in Hebrews and in many of the other writings of Paul. If you don't believe that you are a child of God, inclusive of God's plans with Israel, if you still think you're separated, then you're going to have a real hard time understanding things in the Word of God, especially understanding what is coming now. That does not negate His love For his chosen nation. Please understand that. Israel is his chosen nation. They are his chosen people. He made a promise to them long ago before they rejected him as Savior. 
before they ever rejected Him as Messiah, He made promises that He will uphold, that will come to pass. Jesus will come and take the throne of David, even though they don't know that it's Jesus that's going to do it. And He's going to come because they call Him. Because they believe. That's what the two witnesses are all about in the tribulation. Is telling them, look guys, you missed this. But recognize that what God is doing, He is doing now through His children. Man, that is such a lie of Satan. To say that we don't have a portion of God's calling for the future. Oh, it's not just a portion. Do you know Jesus' desire even for His chosen nation is to believe Him? Is to come, accept Him as Messiah just like we do. Just like those who are not Jewish have received Him as Savior. That's what He wants. That's what He's doing now. That's what He's going to use to show Israel what He intended in the first place. It was always God's plan for Him to include His entire creation. We get stuck on the fact that it was always supposed to be Israel. I'm sorry, the truth is, it was always supposed to be God. It was always supposed to be Jesus. It was always supposed to be us worshiping Him, not Him designating us into differences. That's, that's what we did. So as we read this, don't be confused that it doesn't include you. Those of you who are not Jewish. Those of you who are Jewish, you can believe it twice. <laughs> this includes you because this is about today and what He is doing right now. And you have not only a portion in this, you have a responsibility in this. You have a responsibility to, to hear. Why do you think the separation has become so incredibly sharp? Oh man, every day I hear another story of somebody who, who typically was quiet and all of a sudden now they're blurting out what they believe because they can't hold it in anymore. Does that ring a bell? Happens every day. Happens every day. They're showing their true colors. I know, I think it was yesterday or the day before, there was a pastor... I can't remember, somewhere down south, I can't remember where they were. Lex was reading it to me. It came up in court team. But this pastor who was upset because he didn't get some watch or something and upset with his congregation, and it had this whole big diatribe. And, and that's not the reason for me saying this. The reason for me saying this was actually his apology. He came on and he gave this apology. And I'm not... I don't know his heart. I'm not God. I'm not going to judge his heart if he truly is repentant. 
God knows that, and God will redeem a life. He will redeem even his calling on this earth. But if his repentance was for the sake of not losing people in his church or the sake of people coming down on him, then that's not repentance. And the reason I say this is because he didn't repent until all of this thing became wildfire around him. It went viral. We saw it because it was on Fox News. I mean, it, it became known everywhere. Then all of a sudden, he's, he's repenting. The line's cutting deep, guys. The line is cutting deep to show who we are, not just within ourselves. It's going to be shown in this life to those around us because we have a testimony whether we open our mouth or not. We've talked recently about being on the fence. There's no more being on the fence. No more. In anything, by the way. Well, I'll just be on the fence on these nine things, but, but I'm for God. There's no more being on the fence. That's why we have these posters up here that say all in. Not because, man, yeah, that's kind of a cool graphic and, and you know, kind of a cool saying. That'd make an awesome t-shirt and yeah, all in, man, cool. It's not about that at all. It's about that is the benchmark. That is where the bar has been set. If you are not all in, you will be all out. I'm not talking about salvation. I'm not talking about your justification, your ticket to heaven. I'm talking about your usefulness to God in this life. Now, thankfully, he is the judge who knows the heart. He knows your heart. He doesn't just judge our actions. He judges our heart. But rest assured that we can look into these places that have, hap- that have been in the Old Testament and they apply to now. When God says it, believe it. The book of Zechariah, he told me from the very beginning, the book of Zechariah was about today's times. You know what's wild? He even tells you that in the book of Zechariah. Never saw that before until I went back and looked. And he said, yeah, these are a foreshadowing of what is to come. It didn't happen right then. We know historically the things in chapter 3 of Zechariah did not happen. The courts weren't open to Joshua. They weren't back then. Those were for a later time. That time is now. This time in Isaiah 43 is for now. Let's see what that says. Verse 1, But now, thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, He who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt as your ransom. Now, let let me point something out before I go on here. God is outside of time. 
Okay, when he looks at mankind, when he looks at, I won't go down this rabbit hole, but I believe this 7,000 years that, that, that represents mankind from Adam to the end. When he looks at that, it is out, he is outside of the time of those 7,000 years. So the different placements of things is not that, oh, it's only valid now. Because it happened now. Okay? That doesn't apply to God. It applies to us because we are bound by these. (coughs) Excuse me. We are bound by time. God is not. He makes that very clear. He, He, in fact, created time. So God, when He looks in and He inserts Himself to become a Savior for mankind... That isn't the fact that, okay, now that only applies later on. No, to God, in God's mind, it applied for all of it simply because He chose to do it. He came from outside time, went into time, did that to become our Savior, but yet He talked about it way before Jesus ever came to the earth as a man. And he's not just talking about them being saved from other nations or whatever. And and, and you know that as we read through this. Verse 3, we'll start there again. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt as your ransom. Cush and Seba in exchange for you. Because you are precious in my eyes. And honored and I love you. I give men in return for you, people in exchange for your life. Fear not, for I am with you. Please, people, apply this today. Take this as He is reading this to you today. He is speaking this to you today. Let me, let me go back and start again at verse 4. And just receive this like He is speaking this to you. Because you are precious in my eyes and honored and I love you. I give men in return for you, people in exchange for your life. Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east and from the west. I will gather you. I will say to the north, give up. And to the south, do not withhold. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the end of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name. That means you. If you have accepted Jesus Christ as Savior, you have taken on a new identity. You have taken on a new name. You are called by His name. And He says, everyone, I am calling for everyone who is called by My name, whom I created for My glory, and I formed and made. Bring out the people who are blind, yet have eyes, who are deaf, yet have ears. He's saying, bring out the people who are going to believe. Bring out those who do not just recognize what is around them. 
who do not judge this earth based on how they feel or the emotion of what they can pull from a situation. Because emotion is one of the greatest enemies of faith. I'm not saying emotion is bad. I mean emotion, God uses emotion. But let Him drive the emotion. Don't drive the emotion yourself. Again, verse 8, Bring out the people who are blind, yet have eyes, who are deaf, yet have ears. All the nations gather together, and the peoples assemble. Who among them can declare this and show us the former things? Let them bring their witnesses to prove them right and let them hear and say it is true. Oh, what we have read so far, this is the gathering of the remnant. This is the gathering of His people that would believe. These are the ga- this is the gathering of the people that would know Him in relationship to Him. Know that we are not just in this three-dimensional world encumbered by time. But there is a kingdom that is supposed to be here. It was paid for 2,000 years ago. Jesus paid for it to be here then. I don't know. i got to tell you, I've been going round and round in my mind. What's been going on for 2,000 years? I mean, why not 1,000 years ago? Why why wasn't the remnant brought together 1,000 years ago? I mean, were were there not passionate believers then? Of course there were. I don't have an answer to that. Except that it's God's time. It is the point in which He chose to do it. And what He is doing now, He is calling His remnant to come together. He's been saying this for a while. To come together. To bring us together. Now, by the way, He's the only one that can actually bring us together. (laughs) Nothing we can do. Facebook isn't going to help. Right? Twitter isn't going to help. I don't know much about TikTok, but I'm pretty sure that's not going to help. These things aren't going to help because it's God who does it. God is bringing His remnant together and He has done it in a way by telling them there is something more. By telling them individually all over the globe what is going on, even to the portion of their faith, of believing. He is bringing them together. I am saying this by faith because we don't necessarily see it. If you believe only the things you see, you're going to miss out on having eyes to see and ears to hear. You can only know that through your relationship with Jesus Christ, but the world is about to know it physically. And that first portion is what we just read. Him calling His remnant together. It's happening There are connections being made all the time. Even ones that we don't recognize as as connections. There are things He has in the plan all the time. But there is an event 
that is going to bring them together in mass. But he says, bring them together. You're my witnesses. Verse 10 declares the Lord. I'm sorry, uh, let's, let's just go back to 9. All the nations gathered together and the people assemble. Who among them can declare this and show us the former things? Let them bring their witnesses to prove them right and let them hear and say it is true. Verse 10, you are my witnesses, declares the Lord. And my servant whom I have chosen that you may know and believe me and understand that I am He. Who? God. Creator God. The One who died for us. The Trinity who created the universe. He wants us to recognize who He is. Verse 11, I am the Lord and beside me, besides me, there is no Savior. I declared and saved and proclaimed when there was no strange God among you. And you are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and I am God. Also, him, henceforth, I am He. There is none who can deliver from my hand. I work and who can turn it back. If you're afraid of what Satan is doing now, don't be. Satan's not even got any control of this. In fact, he's hiding somewhere because he knows that the target is on his back. What God is doing right now is a cleansing of the nations. What he's doing here in America is a cleansing of America. Because America has had from the beginning this personification of loving the world, of leading the world, of the one nation that will fight for personal rights. Isn't it ironic how that is the very thing being taken away? (laughs) Hello. Boom. Light bulb moment. Get it. See what is happening. God is allowing those who would want what Satan wants, who would want through their own evil passions, through their own selfishness, God is saying, okay, let's give them the rope. Give them the rope. Pull a little more. Pull a little more. Get it out there. Go ahead. Pull a little more. What they don't realize, it has become a noose for them. They will be exposed. They are being exposed. Anybody, good night. If you go talk to anybody now that has any idea about government at all, they, they know the exposure that's already happening. I mean, can you tell me anybody who feels Biden is an American intellectual or that he ever was? I mean, I don't know about you guys. I, I followed Biden because he was... Our Delaware senator, it was not a, a proud thing. He, was, he wasn't smart back then. God's exposing these things. God's exposing the corruption. How, how, about, how about Bill Gates? I mean, is it... I don't know about you guys. I was surprised. 
I was surprised to see his politics. I mean, I just thought he made a cool computer until I thought Steve Jobs was smarter and I went with his computer. See, but it's something different than that. There's an agenda behind it. There's an agenda behind everything. Don't you think that there's an agenda behind what God does? Of course there is. Of course there is. He is allowing this to come out now because of the exposure that it does. It literally makes people choose one side or the other. And I know we fight an uphill battle, or that's what it seems. But when you're fighting an uphill battle and the judge is on your side because he is God, it's not really an uphill battle, is it? The battle part is faith. The battle part is believing. The battle part is the waiting. The battle part is when we're going through life, when we have all these promises, even current day promises of healings, of different things that He wants to do, even what He's promised us here. And we wait, and we wait, and we wait. That costs tremendous faith. It costs because all of the other voices say, see, hasn't happened. See? I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've seen posts of, yes, see, See the the prophecies that Greg's told, they haven't come true. You know what? I mean, that's awesome. They could say the same thing about Isaiah, about Daniel. In fact, many of Daniel's haven't come true yet. They, They won't even come true until later. He's not a prophet. He doesn't speak from the Lord. He doesn't have a relationship with the Lord. Be careful what the world does. And how the world mocks. Because that separation is bringing a trueness of one's heart. But be excited. Because God's the one doing it. We're not. Satan's not. God is the one doing it. Verse 14. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, for your sake I send to Babylon and bring them all down as fugitives. Even the Chaldeans in ships in which they rejoice. I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. Thus says the Lord who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters, who brings forth chariot and horse, army and warrior, lie down, they cannot rise. They are extinguished, quenched like a wick. And then let this sink into your hearts, into your spirits. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? Recognize you can't perceive it without ears to hear, without eyes to see. Without the very faith to believe it, how can you possibly perceive it? How can you look and see what God is doing now without knowing Him in a relational, intimate way? You can't. You can't. 
outside of being a child and just believing what people say. You can't know it for yourself without knowing Him for yourself. And He offers that to all His children. When we have accepted Jesus Christ as Savior, there is immediately opportunity to know all these things, to press into Him. The whole point of relationship is to fill you more with the Holy Spirit. There's a difference of being filled within and, w- and being filled upon. And what He wants us to be is receiving of the Holy Spirit in a mass way that makes it just Him. Because when the Holy Spirit is ingrained in every part of our life, guess what happens? The Holy Spirit resonates with the Holy Spirit. And and so even if you don't know things from an intellectual way, when you are filled with the Holy Spirit and you have given your life to Him and, and you have received His Holy Spirit in Mass, all of a sudden, the Spirit that is inside you, which is the Holy Spirit, is in agreement with God, in agreement with the Holy Spirit. It resonates. We use that word a lot. Well, that resonates with me. That word, that word resonates with me. It's because the the Spirit that is in me, the Holy Spirit that I have given access to every crevice, is shouting inside, yes, that's me, that's true. And it resonates with me. Now, thankfully, God doesn't require just that raw, bold faith. He always gives avenues of confirmation, especially in His Word. Everything that He has said, we could go back to His Word and we prove it out. And we do that. Oh, but you can't understand His Word without relationship with Him either. You could understand it as a history book. You can understand it as a book of principles. You cannot understand the prophetic part of His book, which is two-thirds of His book, by the way. You can't even begin to understand that without relationship with Him because He is the one that reveals that prophecy in its depth, in its understanding. It's the Holy Spirit that does that. That's what's going on right now. He says, behold, I am doing a new thing. Do you not see it? If you don't see it, ask the Lord to see it. Don't just deny it, church. Ask Him. Say, you know, this, this just seems crazy. What these people are saying, but, but Lord, I want the truth. I seek You for truth. And you know what? The Holy Spirit will always resonate with the Holy Spirit. If you seek that, you will find the truth. God promises that. If we seek Him, we'll find Him. But see, right now, we're in a day and age where He is making those separations. If we want a religion that we could control, which is what religion is, it's it's just a formal way of trying to control God. 
well, these are the good portions of God, and I, I could control that. I'd love to control that, that whole giving part. You know, so we're going to control that. <laughs> Do you know that's the first thing? When God told me we're going to be a church, that's the first thing he said to me. Never take finances off my plate. And that's him saying that. In other words, he's the one in charge of the finances. He said, don't ever take an offering. You know, in a, in a normal service, we don't take offerings. We never have. He's in charge of that. These are all things that through religion, man likes to control. Man likes to kind of take and say, well, you know, we got his principles, so we just kind of do it this way. Why? Because it works. Okay, well, what's the measure of it working? Well, it attracts people. Look at our growth. Look at the number of salvations that we have had. I remember 20, like 25 years ago, or, or might have been 30 years ago now, Willow Creek did a, they're, they're a big church in Chicago. I used to go there every year for a, for a conference. And they, they were the ones that kind of started this seeker movement thing years ago, where we're going to kind of bring in elements of the world into the service and it's, it's going to draw people in and, you know, they're going to be saved and, and all of this. I remember at the time, you know, with my quaint Baptist background thinking, really? I mean, that sounds like heresy to me, but, but I mean, I, I really kind of like the music and, you know, whatever. Well, that was a 20-year experiment that failed horribly. And, and those aren't my words. Those are the pastor's words. He came out 20 years later and said, this was a miserable failure. He said, we, we saw thousands upon thousands of people come to know Christ as Savior. And they never grew past that. There was no depth. There was no relationship. There was no understanding of God beyond that. Why? Because it takes work. Work is faith. It takes letting Him do it. It doesn't take some program. Do you not think we could do a program here that would bring in hundreds of people so easily? We could have done that eight years ago. And when I first got in, started down this path, I'm thinking, yeah, I know how to grow a church. I mean, when Alexa and I went went to our last church we started there and there was about 150 people or so and in in the course of 10 years that got up to over 800 we know from a human aspect how to grow something but the human aspect is the problem there are things that work why do you think they work they work because in this world that is dominated by what Satan has had control of, he doesn't mind if you do things on your own, even if it's church. Man, John Ramirez, who, who used to be a witch, a Satanist, and, and now is, is a saved believer and preaches, he himself said that the churches hold the power of more witches than we could imagine. In leadership. We have seen it ourselves. I know of a couple of churches here 
that even now have witches, real witches. I mean, not the pointy nose and the, you know, all that. Real witches, ones who worship Satan that are there and in their leadership actually have influence over them. There was one pastor I talked to because the Lord had told me to and revealed that, and he, he didn't laugh at me. But I mean, I'm pretty sure inside he was laughing at me. The truth is, when you believe in a man-made way to bring about something, that's all it's going to be. I, I, I don't know if it's God's timing or, or, or if just for some reason now there is the capacity in his remnant to believe but for whatever reason, it's different now. Because people do have the capacity to believe. To walk in a faith that makes no sense. To walk in a way of trusting Him outside of what it looks like in this country. Believing that in the next six months we're going to see massive change. That's hard to believe, isn't it? Hard to believe that we're going to have a new president inaugurated before the 2024, but yet it's going to happen. And I think you know, at least here, you know who that is. That's Donald Trump. Okay, that's hard to believe because the circumstances look pretty opposite of that. Well, wait a second. I mean, they just... They just uh, raided Mar-a-Lago because there, there's got to be some something there. There's got to be, for them to do that, I mean, that's just, that. there's got to be something there. Yeah, correct. There is something there. It's called, called the will of God. It's the movement of the Lord that is allowing the silliness of the enemy that has no more top hierarchy. The organization on a spiritual level is gone that's why they're doing some of the stupidest things. Don't assume they're smart. They're not. They're not. In fact, our government has gotten dumber and dumber and dumber. You know what it goes really along with? Hollywood. Think about that. It started with Reagan. And, and I'm not saying Reagan was dumb. I'm saying Reagan was the first president that looking good on TV became important. And what came later was politicians that, well, they just have to look good and they have to say the right things and they have to present themselves the right way. There was a time that I was heavily, Alex and I were heavily involved in politics here in Delaware. And I remember them wanting Alex and I to, to be a part and to run for a local office. And, and I'm like, you don't even know me. But it's how you present yourselves. Even then I thought, that is so void. I mean, that's how we pick our leaders. And, and it's not just looks, because if, it, if looks were like that, then you know, there'd be many that shouldn't be there. But somehow they can present themselves in a way that makes us feel like they're qualified to lead. And then they just stay forever. By, by the way, can, can I put in a request here? I love 
the idea of term limits. Term limits are there for president for a reason. That's awesome. I think that's great. There should be term limits for any kind of leadership in, in our government, in our, in our voted-in government. Shouldn't there be? I mean, I mean, until Jesus reigns. Now, when Jesus reigns, no term limits. Right? We'll just let him take eternity because then you're following perfection. But I don't understand why people are so caught up in the government in which we have. And, and you see more and more that they're not. I mean, I mean, even on the liberal side, you're starting to see people go, hey, wait a second, that's not how I feel. I mean, I kind of call myself a liberal, but wow, that's like off the range. That's the line that the Lord is drawing, literally because he is doing this. He is drawing his remnant together. He is bringing them together. He is doing a new thing. There is a point that is coming where his Holy Spirit falls in power. He has promised us this over and over again. I don't know what it looks like. I'm not going to tell you what, you know, the, how this all lays out and everything else, but I know that it will definitely differentiate us or the remnant from even the rest of the bride, let alone the world. He's promised that. He has even said in His Word that ten will come up and grab the hand of one and say, I I don't know what it is, but whatever you got, I want. This leads to the greatest opening of people's eyes to salvation in history. It's upon us. It's upon us. Don't get weary in the waiting of believing that. Don't get weary in the waiting. Another thing that he had told me this week is is one of the reasons why we get weary in waiting is because we're focused on ourselves. Don't be focused on yourself. I'll tell you, go to, and we won't go there right now for lack of time, but I want, I want to encourage you to read Isaiah 58. Again, Isaiah 58, it talks about fasting, but it's, don't look at it just through the lens of fasting. Look at it through the lens of being sold out for God. Because he says there, you do all these things, but yet you do them for yourself. You do them in a way that you want something for you. Maybe it's relief. Maybe it's possession here. Maybe it's some sort of control that, that you don't have. Oh, I'll tell you what He is doing with His remnant. is He's bringing them to a place where it's not about them at all. It's about others. When you come here, is it to serve others? Or is it just to receive for yourself so you can make something better for yourself? He's calling a remnant together that will sacrifice everything of themselves for the sake of others. That's what the Holy Spirit falling is going to do. 
don't assume that the Holy Spirit will fall on everyone. The target is everyone, but the reception is up to us. I can't know Jesus Christ as my Savior and then walk in a selfish life for myself and expect for the Holy Spirit to fall on me and just take over everything. Just take me over and make me good. No, those are my choices. God will never take my choices away because He wants real love where I choose Him. The Lord told us, I don't know, a month ago or whenever it was, maybe two months ago. I don't know, I don't do so well with time. But He told us that the falling of His Holy Spirit will be on each person to the capacity at which they can receive it. Now, you could read into that a thousand ways, but I'll tell you how I know that to mean. It is about relationship with Him. It is about the ability to let go and let Him take control. If we're trying to control in our lives the difficult things we go through, which we do, that's going to be really, really tough for us. We can't do that. We can't try and control even the bad things that happen. It's not about controlling any of that. Through the world's eyes, it's going to get a lot worse. And, and maybe we don't see it yet. Maybe some of us do. But soon we all will. Because it will be in everyone's face. How do you deal with it then? Do you deal with it with a faith knowing that these are the things that He is bringing about in our choices to do the very thing He has promised here in Isaiah? To do that very thing. As for me, I believe. I believe it. I can't control anybody else. It's not my job to control anybody else. But I can make my choice. You guys can make your choices. Don't sit on the sidelines. I urge you, don't sit on the sidelines because the time is coming and it is even here where all these things will come to pass where His Holy Spirit will fall. I was just talking with Jeff this morning about that. Oh, how we long, how we long for someone to come in here and, and, and just ask for prayer because they're in pain and be able to just pray and boom, just like Jesus did. They be healed. Not, not just, I feel a little bit better, but be healed. Be healed. How about the demoniac that when Jesus was coming... All he had to say was help. And Jesus healed him immediately. A thousand demons came out immediately upon his command. That is what is coming in the falling of the Holy Spirit. That is what Jesus promised when he was alive. He said, you will do even more. That's what's coming. Do you want a portion in that? Do you want a place in that? 
That doesn't come because of some lottery number that you win. Well, my number is 3,265,000. Yay, I get the Holy Spirit. No, guess what? It's because of how you prepare your heart to receive Him. That is not something He will take away from you. Because He desires love. He wants love from us, so He will never take your choice from you. He won't force you to love Him. He won't force you to choose Him. But when you do, He'll accept it He'll accept it freely. He'll compound upon it. Even what we walk through in this life, there is no turmoil, none, that we walk through in this life that He cannot take care of, that He cannot heal, that He cannot soothe through the process, no matter what's coming. And I've, I've told you before, be prepared for what is upon us even now. Because it's upon us. That can either surprise you, or you could be ready for it, or you could be a part of what God does to turn it around. There is a falling of the Holy Spirit coming. It is within you to ready yourselves to receive. God knows the heart. It's not about circumstances. It's not about opportunity that one person has more opportunity than the other. It's not that at all. Because God looks at the heart. He knows your real thoughts. He knows your real issues of giving Him your yes. But just know He is doing this now. Don't let the waiting curb that faith at all. That is the part that Satan wants. It doesn't help his cause because of the times in which we find ourselves. That's literally how he's fought for centuries. Who it hurts is you. Because the Lord has a plan for each person, and I'll just speak to each person sitting here each person in ignition, and those in Nigeria and those in other places, I know the callings on your lives. He has this portion for you because you have been called to it. Will you step up to that responsibility? The way you step up is to say, yes, nothing comes in the way of your faith. If he's told you, I know he's, he's told this to my mother, that she'll have, and I, I'm probably not wording this correctly, but, but basically that she will have the health and the body of a young lady and be able to do all these things again. Okay, it's her choice to believe that. You can, you can ration that and say, well, rationalize it. Yeah, I mean, I will when I'm in heaven. Okay. What good is it for God to tell you now that someday in heaven you're going to be able to walk again? You're going to be able to do all these things again. That's not why he's saying it. He's saying it for you to believe now. 
Because this filling of the Holy Spirit brings things that we've never seen before, ever. So even in the waiting, you know what? Piss Satan off. Believe more. Believe more. You want to get me to believe less? I'll believe more. I'll double down. I'll believe more. See how that works out for him. Be resolute in your heart. Be resolute in your mind with what the Lord is doing and what he's especially wanting to do in your life, in your calling. Let's come on up. Um, Holy Spirit is amazingly... Um, surprises me every time because I everything Greg was saying was what he had put on my heart this week and it was so wild and I I just had to share with you the verse that we went over with the ladies class in James um, 1 verse 4 in the Amplified Classic which is but let endurance and steadfastness and patience have full play and do a thorough work so that you may be perfect so that you may be people perfectly and fully developed with no defects lacking in nothing um because of the fact that the holy spirit is going to fall he he takes us through this time of enduring and a, a, a process of actually proving to ourselves that we believe what we say we believe and which is what we talked about in the ladies class but um i just i know that many people are going through difficult things trials and that's what james chapter one is about that when you go through various kinds of trials count it all joy because what he's building in you is something that he couldn't build otherwise you have to go through difficult things and that's why the physical parallels teach us those same kinds of lessons how do you get in shape you don't get in shape through massage and sleeping you get in through you get into shape through the arduous process of what it takes to uh, for things to come against your muscles, right? For things to come against your cardiovascular system in in breathing, so that you develop a stronger ability to breathe, to get your heart rate to a place where it can um, adjust to different things that hit you, and it's it's no different spiritually. Um, but I just want to encourage you that you know every day in the smallest areas, it doesn't matter what it is, if you are choosing to trust God. When you don't have answers, when you don't understand, when, when you're hurting, when you feel like you want to just say, Lord, how long? How long? How much? How, how can this be? When, you, when you're perplexed, when you're hurting, when you just say, but God, I trust you. But God, I just trust you. I just choose you. I don't know, like a little child who has to trust the, the direction and the care of their parent, I don't know how I'm going to get to from here to there i don't know how i'm going to get through this situation i don't know the answers to anything but god says come to us like a little child come to him like a little child and when we just trust him even in the midst of what we don't understand that is what will will build our faith because he can entrust us with more of himself and i'll guarantee you that he will deepen your understanding and the revelation in the word when you come to him with uh, training and what you already believe to be intellectual insights and think, okay, I'm going to study this more because I'm going to apply X, Y, Z. Come to him with just kind of a, Lord, just show me this. Show me what in the world's going on. Give me your wisdom because I don't have the answers. 
And wow, he really will. Um, it's just uncomfortable to start out in that place of kind of not knowing. And, and we kind of have been, been trained in churches that somehow it's a bad thing to, to go to the Word of God or to, you know, to sit down and, and well, once you become a certain level Christian, you, you shouldn't go to the Word of God with just not knowing. I mean, you need to have this confidence. And we need to have a confidence in Him, not in that we know anything. Have a confidence in Him and that He'll give us a fresh revelation for everything that we go through. Um, and each day that we choose him, he does increase our faith. And he just loves that. You know, I was in a place um, recently. I had an appointment. And you know how people feel the atmospheres spiritually. And we've talked a lot about that through the meetings that we have about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And, and just as the, as the kingdom realm is opened up to your human senses, you have your spirit senses, but... When you begin to experience these things and don't know how to deal with them, um, sometimes it can throw you a bit. You can feel oppression or you wonder why you feel suddenly very strange or drowsy or oppressed or depressed and you're in these atmospheres. And it's interesting how when God grows your faith with just every day just trusting him, no matter whether you have the answers or not, just saying, I trust you. And and, and I want to add a little side comment to that. It's not an I trust in anything I'm feeling spiritually. That is not what I'm saying. I'm saying when you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, the God of the Bible, Yeshua, our Savior Jesus, that alone, when you trust in him, not just open yourself up to the spirit realm in general and the spiritual highway, but really trust in him. He will grow your faith in ways that will surprise you. And so I'm in this place. I'm suddenly recognizing the oppressive atmosphere of just the demonic realm of the philosophy that was permeating this area. And, and I, I, you know, I kind of went into that training mode of, okay, do I, do I bind demons? Do I declare? Do I start praying? You know, what do I do? I had already prayed in the car. I had already asked for the filling of the Holy Spirit for him to just guide me and fill me and just also just declared my agreement that he'll never leave me or forsake me. So when I was hit with this atmosphere... It was kind of like my first thought was, oh, let me begin to protect myself with X, Y, Z. But then I thought, I thought, you know, because I was like, this, this atmosphere is trying to overtake me and maybe shift kind of my um, confidence. And all of a sudden, something rose up in me. And, and in an unspoken, it was like it was yelling in my spirit. And I thought, you're, you're trying to move me? No, you move. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit of the Most High God. You move. This is my atmosphere. It was so bizarre. I thought, thank you, Lord. <laughs> I thought, no, I will not be moved. You move. And, and, and I, I thought, you know, that was God. That wasn't a great cup of coffee and, you know, moments when you feel strong versus moments when you feel tired. That was just the culmination of every little choice of trusting him in my pain, trusting him in my uh, in weariness and not understanding, but just knowing that he's just such a good, loving father. And greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So if you are thrown a lot by your atmosphere, man, we got to know by faith, we've got to know that we are the atmosphere changers. Move out of the way. Demons, witches, whatever there is in the spirit realm, because the most high God Holy Spirit of the Most High God is dwells within me. 
And the more I believe for, the more he takes over every part of me and the more impactful the presence of God upon me and in me will affect atmospheres. So it's like you can only become more and more powerful. And by the way, that can hit you when you suddenly feel sick. Don't stand for that. There are things that, yes, are annoying, you, you, you deal with. And, and sometimes we see immediate breakthrough. Other times we go through a process, you know. Um, if we find out that we've been directly cursed and it affects something, and, and if you don't understand all that, there's, there's, God will give you such revelation in it. But don't be intimidated, Philippians 1.28, by your enemies. Even if it's in the form of a physical infirmity, man, declare your healing. Bind those spirits of infirmity coming against you. See, the more we believe for that, we do inch closer to the sudden breakers that Greg was just speaking of, of that moment that you can pray something off of either yourself or somebody else. It's all about that measure of our faith growing more and more and more. And that's what I'm excited about. But right now, this waiting, part of the weariness is because there are moments, and we don't realize it, but I have noticed it in my own life. When I'm waiting and the weariness starts to, to take hold, it's like the Lord will go, what are you not believing me for? Because everything that hits you, as your body may be breaking down in the realm of the enemy and the prince of the power of the air, your spirit in me is being renewed day by day. The manifestation of both of those being in agreement is up to me, and it is, because God will do it. And I say me, I mean him. He will do that, but I am being strengthened day by day, no matter what is happening to my body. And so what I am believing for will take me closer and closer to that sudden manifestation. Um, and so just, just trust him and know that every little decision, every decision of not falling into despair, not letting yourself stay discouraged, there's just nothing more encouraging than soaking in the presence of God, than just plain old thanking him. Thank him. Uh, the Nigerians often say when they pray, thank you, Lord, that I am counted among the living. I love that. If you woke up today, and we said this in the ladies' class, but man, if you woke up today with breath in your lungs, that wasn't just a, a day that, yeah, that's just one of the days that just kind of, that's just kind of all in the sum total of your life and whatever. One day blends to the next. No, every moment is the intention of the Lord for you to take a breath, to inhale, to exhale. There is purpose. There is intention for you to believe for him. Because every moment that I believe for him is rewarded, both here and for eternity. And so it is, um, it is something that, that as we believe, we're going to see that victory be greater and greater and greater. And that's really what readies us for the, more, the greater measure, this falling of the Holy Spirit that we talk about, um, this end-time revival. Every little choice to believe. And, and, you know, nobody can take, you may feel like you don't impact others when they're struggling with believing or they're angry with the Lord or they're just in doubt or cynicism or maybe a broken fellowship with you because they think that you're whacked for believing X, Y, Z. Nobody can take your testimony. And what you believe for and what you declare out of your mouth is the resolute place that you stay. And I encourage you to read James chapter 1 in the Amplified Classic. Um, to not be hesitating, doubting, or irresolute, to not be wavering back and forth, but to have a testimony that is constant, consistent, no matter what emotion you're feeling, you do not waver from your belief. That shouts into the spirit realm and affects lives around you, even when you don't have anything humanly to say. Your very 
presence, your very existence, your very walk of faith has impact on others around you. And just believe that because um, it really does. And that is what will draw others to Christ. Um, Even if you feel like they're rejecting you or they're maybe not listening to you, your love for Jesus, your stance of faith is speaking into other lives. And um, it's, it's really exciting. So let's just pray. Father, thank you, God, today for this word in Isaiah 43, God, that is for today, God. I just pray in the name of Jesus that we would perceive it by you, Holy Spirit, illuminating the truth of the Father's heart to us as we believe you, as we, as we study the scriptures, but not from a place of, of a arrogant intellect, but from a place of just humility and hunger like a child to just soak in something more from you because we just want to be close to you. We want to just believe you for all that you are. God, we want new revelation, not extra biblical, but new revelation within your word that's deeper than what we had capacity to believe for yesterday because each day you grow our faith. And so what I can believe you for today is hopefully more than I could believe you for yesterday because you stretched me. What I went through this past week and, and, and saw your faithfulness, I saw your provision, I saw your hand of love, I saw your, your, your arms around me, your peace holding me, your, your healing touch on my body, God. Now I believe you even more for all those attributes, all those character traits that you demonstrated in my life. And so I thank you, God, that now my faith is stronger than it was before because every day as I choose you, you grow my faith. God, I pray that for each and every one. God, in ignition, listening online, anywhere in the, in the remnant or bride, Father, that in the name of Jesus, they would just fall on their faces before you and just say, I just want you. Take the world, but give me Jesus. I pray that would be the mantra of our lives. And God, sometimes we, we have these emotional moments where we, we think we believe it. But then you go about and you say, okay, now I'm going to build the reality of that. I'm going to build the reality of that declaration so that what you say and how you live are one and the same. Oh, God, help us to walk our talk. Help us to have faith that is alive, not dead faith that's without works, but a true, living, breathing faith that is demonstrated not just in the words we say, in, on, in platitudes when we know we're supposed to have our Christianese on, but in the moments when nobody is looking. It's just you and us. And we're still the same person that loves you, that trusts you, that steps in full faith to everything that you're saying to us. Oh God, we just desire to be all that you've called us to be. To be in relationship with you, which is what you called us to be, is in that beautiful relationship, in that amazing secret place of the Most High God that you, Jesus, paid for with your blood, with your life for us to access. Thank you, God, for who you are. Drive this word home, I pray in the name of Jesus. Let it not return void Holy Spirit, replay and replay and replay it that we might be transformed because now we are accountable. The seed has been released. 
It has been planted, and the soil of our hearts is up to us and our choices. So I pray that it be deep down, deep down in tender, cultivated soil so that it would produce a harvest that is far beyond what we could ever imagine. Because what you plant, oh God, you will just reap in greatness. And so I just love you, God. I worship you. I thank you for speaking through Greg today in the name of Jesus. And I ask all of these things that I said in Jesus' name. Amen.